0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the SLE podcast. And of course, my name is Ali Kameha. We had an interesting weekend, packed events, lots of great TV. But unfortunately, none of the events lived up to the hype. Um, We can start off with, of course... I do owe an apology for the Kevin Holland versus the Italian Dream, Vittori. Marvin Vittori. Man. He just... Kevin Holland just got dominated again. Pretty much. And at that weight class... With those type of wrestlers, he can't like he's at middleweight, he can maybe cut down. So middleweight is 185 pounds, and he could cut down to 170, maybe, but even then, like the pound per pound at 170, the best is Uzman, Kobe Covington. Gilbert Burns, like the guys that he would face at 170, are just elite wrestlers. While at the weight class he's at, you're facing Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, Kevin Gastelum, that um, Paulo uh, Paulo Costa. That kind of weight class is more a striking one. But Kevin Holland, unfortunately, just been two guys that can really wrestle and that can stand up and handle or eat enough shots to blitz and get a takedown or to put them on the cage and control at 185. So Kevin Holland is just going to have to cardio, maybe, uh, to keep. Fighting and resisting to want to get back on your feet. And take down defense. It's takedown defense. Israel Adesanya, you can even see it in the last round. If you're tired, your focus level and all it takes is one lazy jab. And boom, you're taken down. So it gets a lot harder. But I think, you know, because that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, Kevin Holland's just too small for this weight division. Then when you look at the lightweight with Usman and all that, you're like, nah, he just has to learn how to takedown. Eventually, you have to do it. If you want to become a champ, you have to improve your takedown defense. Look at Francis Ngannou. And then for boxing, we had Conor Ben versus Samuel Vargas. That ended in the first minute and a half. And to be honest and fair to Vargas, even though everybody, because Virgil Ortiz Jr. knocked him out. Like he's been knocked out recently. He's on a losing streak. But he's like, you know, for the young ones that are coming up, he's Samuel Vargas became a journeyman. You know, Mikey Garcia, you know, he's a good enough talent to really showcase if you're the real deal or not. And the ref, like the shots that Conor Ben gave him, the jabs, yeah, you saw Vargas's head snapping back. But the ref stopped it way, way too early. Way too early. Like, it's not UFC. You can give him an eight count. A standing eight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for boxing fights to end like that. Especially for a guy like Samuel Vargas. Who's now... This changes, like, his whole pain... How he's going to get paid now. If he put up a fight and went the distance, man, that keeps him up. That keeps his pay. That keeps him relative. But this loss and the other losses that he's had on his record recently, that hurts him. That's what it's really about. Like It's not really, oh, he just lost. There's more to that loss and the preparation and the training and the sacrifice and the weight cuts that these fighters put to get in there. And now with COVID, you have they have to leave, um, be in isolation 14 days in advance or be in a bubble uh, in advance. So have to be away from their family even longer than normal fight camps. And then to have some ref just when they have other tools in their box. You know what I mean? Like you can use eight counts. You can use this. That's just crazy. But in the fight world, honestly, uh, Pacquiao and your boy uh, is still going to have it. Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford. Bud Crawford I want to see that fight But I don't want to see that fight Because Pacquiao will get hurt And I think He really took this fight More As a favor to Bob Arum Because if you know what's been going on Behind the scenes with Terrence Crawford It sucks For him but Everybody actually is ducking him. They don't want to fight him. And because the risk that you put yourself for fighting Terrence Crawford. Unfortunately. It's not that big of a payday either yet. Because he can't get. It's like a. It's a lose-lose situation. You know what I mean? It's like a. Constant circle Unless somebody's willing to break that cycle And I don't think You're going to be able to break that cycle without uh, With promoters uh, You need In order for somebody to be able to break that cycle You have to actually have Like a real independent boxer With a trainer And that's it for that cycle to break. So I feel like Pacquiao took this fight as a favor to Bob Arum. To help out Terrence Bud Crawford. Who's left organizations and is almost about to leave again with Bob Arum. And has always been on the outs with him. Because he can't get him fights. Imagine your promoter can't get you fights. Then what? what do you have him for? And the excuses were Crawford before were like, oh, because he's with this group, that's why, well, if he signs to Bob Arum, top rank, they'll be able to get him more fights because of the fighters they have on their rosters and blah, blah, blah. So he did, and still nothing changed for Taron. That's the thing that's going to, like, honestly, boxing is going to lose to the UFC. UFC, you watching the best fight the best. Even the mentality of the UFC fighters is, it's completely different. They look at it as like, yep, okay, my ranking. Where's my pound for pound ranking? Who do I have to beat? Eventually, because they know eventually you're going to fight them all. But boxing, man, if, Celebrity boxing like Jake Paul and Ben Askren If that becomes the face of boxing And I love Mike Tyson I love him But even Mike Tyson And Roy Jones Jr. fight That's not high level boxing That's like No offense to those guys But that's like shitty boxing That's like sparring boxing So if you're like a casual viewer And you tune in And you're like Oh is this what boxing is You're going to get the wrong idea It's a difference between your first fight Being like a Floyd Mayweather fight And watching him as a tactician You might not like what he does But you understand And you see Why he is the best And if boxing Doesn't take over And they let these other people Put on this product To represent boxing. You're not only going to start losing fans. You're going to start losing money. Because now. Your big pay-per-view stars. Are sharing. Buys. With these celebrities. They're in contention with these guys. And no offense to any. MMA fighter. Or boxer. But it's very rare to find one. That's a boxer. And also like a, a personality that or knows media trained and all that that's a skill like social social media and being able to attract followers and keep people's attention that's a skill you're never going to like a social media influencer a social media guy or a youtuber They built that platform. Their fans are riding or dying with them. So if you're going to compete with them for their fans. And you're not going to put on a superior product. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. And I think boxing still has again this old mentality of big purse fights. If you're these boxers. Look at Canelo. Because they're not fighting these top level boxers. Let's be honest. So the majority of their boxing matches. And boxing fights. When they're done. They can like in two months fight again. Because they're not taking that damage. Because their level of competition. Which isn't their fault. Because they have mandated fights for belts. I'm telling you, boxing, Congress, somebody just needs to investigate it and just get it cleaned up. Cause these boxers are just they keep they have this idea that like boxing, big pay-per-view, like the 90s, everybody tunes like you know tunes in, pay-per-view, boxing party, Saturday night boxing parties. That's how Because even Having the ability To buy a pay per view It wasn't even just like Oh it was 49 bucks No Because you didn't even have The ability Like you had to know A certain house That had the box To allow you to order it That's why like It was always like A huge group But now You can watch anything Anywhere at any time So it's not these big events So these boxers, look at the UFC's model. They have two, three pay-per-view fights a month. And it's clearly working. Canelo, look at his strategy now. Look how many fights he's doing. If Canelo did not have a, a fight coming up so soon. Versus Campbell. Who's like a really good opponent? You, how do you think the fans would have reacted against his last fight in uh, Miami against that Turkish guy? People would have been pissed. Imagine you had to wait a whole year to watch Canelo fight after that. But what did Canelo do to be able to have this freedom? Canelo left Golden Boy Promotions. He doesn't have promotions. He's not with a promoter. That's why he's fighting more now. And that's what other fighters are failing to see because they're still under this influence of promoters who are telling them, oh, why would you want to fight more and get paid the same? Well I'm going to be honest with you bro If you're not going to fight more When you're in your 20s and in your prime How are you going to build that fan base To support you When you're in your mid 30s How That's What these promoters don't understand Is because now We have fighters that are Going to be doing this And taking the Canelo route if you're a fighter that's not, you're going to be taken over by a YouTuber or a celebrity boxing fight. That's what's going to happen to you. If a YouTuber like uh, Jake Paul st- his fights now three, four, five times a year, guess what? People are going to follow him because they're going to see him more than they're going to know about Terrence Bud Crawford, who's pound for pound one of the best in the world. That's crazy. But that's because Terrence Bud Crawford does not fight. And whose fault is that? I love Fight World, but man, does it drive you crazy. Especially boxing, man. Boxing. Ugh. Damn. I hate boxing. NBA Saturday night Was all blowouts man Even the Nets LA game Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving I just want to touch on this Very quickly For the people that don't know I like to give out. I'll give you guys the gossip Of what's going on On the podcast So you guys are always up to date And you guys can you know, Give you guys the tidbits That aren't on the ESPN So when you're talking about sports People be like oh man this guy knows the sports So Kyrie Irving and Schroeder Got into it And Kyrie Irving ended up At the end of it Was fighting the refs And Schroeder And he went on Twitter And said the reason why he was so mad Was because Schroeder called him the N-word. He said, I believe uh, Kyrie got in his face. And then he's like, damn, N-word, get out of my face. So Kyrie got offended and uh, it got under his skin. And he got kicked out of the game. And then the Lakers play defense and... Brooklyn were off, they were just off, their vibe, their energy was weird, after the Kyrie incident, I don't know, their team just never got into that groove, there's always, typically in the third, fourth quarter, with James Harden, they get into that groove, like they might be down by 30, going uh, into the third, but then they get into a Then they start running, shooting threes, deflecting the ball. Next thing you know, they're on like a 33-2 run. And it's a tie game. Going into the fourth quarter. That's insane. That's like, they have that. But Harden was out. And if people are going to be stupid, I've heard this take. So that's why I'm saying it. Other than that, like this take never even crossed my mind. Swear to God until I heard it. People are now saying, whose team is it? Is James Harden the best player on Brooklyn? Is it Harden? Is the team Harden? You know what? No one cares. They don't care. You have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. The only one that has not won a ring is James Harden. But Kyrie Irving... Man, he's a sensitive guy. He took yesterday off. He took Sunday off. (laughs) He took a day off uh, for personal reasons, which is probably because of the situation that happened before. Uh, so with Kyrie, I also want to you yeah, for people who aren't paying attention. I think Kyrie is uh, Muslim now. I'm not one of those guys, but in, in his quotes, he, he now uses um, Allah in, uh, beside the word God. So, and that's typically a Muslim. Uh Reference When Allah as God is Muslim typically So Kyrie Like I said it before The only thing that can get in Brooklyn's way is Brooklyn And that means mentally That's it If there becomes a division between them And if I'm LeBron Or I'm anybody in the West or the East All I would be doing Is trying to break Is like trying to cause something With these guys I would be putting up Twitter polls Whose team is it Is is Harden Really the You know the key Why OKC wasn't able to go over the hump If it was Harden Instead of Durant With Westbrook Man Just run it And then Kyrie Like What he did. But we all know how the real world works. Like. You made this such a big deal. And obviously it is. You know. But. When you gave it that public. Like you just gave it power to the public. And unfortunately. The way the public works. In fan base. Fan base. Okay. Fan bases. Is they look for anything. Like fan bases are fanatics. They cross the line. They really do, and now you just like sort of gave them an outline to what, like, you don't think somebody in the stands is gonna be screaming, and it doesn't have. And I don't mean it in a racist way, like it could be black people saying it, screaming it at Kyrie, knowing that it gets under his skin. Like why give them the ammo? Is what I don't understand about Kyrie. And he's not a rookie; he's like thirty. You feel for him because you know he's a pu- he's in the public, intense pressure and everything. But it's like he never learned. It's, you watch him and you're like, come on, bro. Everybody hopes. Like he's so talented. He's he's one of the greatest dribblers, finishers. Watching him play this year. I have not seen Kyrie play this good. Since he was in Cleveland. Consistently this good. Boston the first year. But then he got injured. You know that's when he still. Like now he's. Man, he's so good. And you want him to do good. But he always, man. Always. Finds himself in these situations. And now it's his fault. Like, if the same thing keeps happening... By, like, the seventh time... You're like, okay, man. Like, it has to be you, Kyrie. Same thing with Meek Mill. Like, honestly that's why those they have these pictures of like now we understand why everybody like everybody's facial reaction when meek is talking like if you honestly look at it like if everybody around you meek eventually it's you like it has to be you looking at it, looking at it from the outside you're like man it can't like it just can't be that bad For once because I've never seen that happen to one single person in my whole entire life. Without them being like doing something the first time, okay, the second time. But by the third time, you're like, bro, it's like you want this to happen. There's a part of you that must like this kind of attention or something. It's like, oh, do they like me? And then this validates. Validates the fans to you. Or validates the fans love for you. Because I feel like Kyrie needs love. Validation always. And I, and I think now that's how he gets it. It's weird but like. That's the only thing that makes sense. You cannot. There's nobody around him. That can't tell him. Like this is going to cause a scene. I know you don't, but that's how it's that okay, but by the fourth time is you keep doing this now. I'm just repeating myself, but getting back to it, NBA Celtics versus the Nuggets. What did I say before? I said there is a little possibility. That maybe the Celtics are just bored. And are waiting for this season to end. There's some... They don't care for Brad Stevens, maybe. If you know the kind of talk that your team is getting, right? If you're the Celtics. And everybody is saying, maybe fire Brad Stevens. Or Danny Ainge, what's the problem? There's something and you guys turn up to a prime time game on Sunday flat versus the Denver Nuggets flat. Come on man. You can't keep telling me it's not Brad Stevens. They can't they come out flat. When they come out flat, that means they really like there's they don't want to even fight for this coach. They really don't. But what happens is they're competitors and sometimes they want to compete. And sometimes they'll always do this, they'll always make a run. And if you let them tie it, they might win. But if you hold them off for an extra like Possession and you go, pos- yeah. If they went on a 25 to like eight run, they would have stopped it. It would have just anything would have like they look for a reason to wither. And the Nuggets weren't able to give them one, they were just bricks, 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 and turnovers. But if you can weather that and the storm that you that's gonna come. Near the end of the third quarter, they'll die down for you. The Celtics will just sleep. That's why I think in the playoffs, if they can be the scariest team in the playoffs because they have the skills, like, there's not a game where the Celtics can play and you can be like, oh, they're getting smoked tonight. They're that talented. Any team, any squad, they can go. But I just, maybe in the playoffs, they'll feel motivated. The playoffs, the fans. It can click. And what did I say about the Clippers? I told you, I saw them their first game back with Rondo. And I told you they look and they feel Different, Lou Williams needed, and Montrez Herald just needed, they needed to get them out of there. They were like poisonous. They were very poisonous and had this like negative energy while they were there. And you can feel it, and the players felt it. And they stiffened up. And. Mm-mm. What are you going to do? The Lakers. The thing about the Denver Nuggets loss is Aaron Gordon. For all the, like, to be honest with you, for all this, like, applaud and everything that everybody's giving out to Aaron Gordon, you should not look at his stat box. Because if you just look at the stat box, you'd be like, man, what what is he doing? He's like single digits. But it's more about how he's fitting in the game, how he's playing with these guys. For him to fit in that quickly. And they haven't had Jamal Murray, who obviously could have, you know, handled the ball. They can go back to uh, Murray, Jokic, pick and roll, uh, give and go. And Murray maybe would have helped. That could have stopped the bleeding a bit and held off the Celtics. I feel it's... The Nuggets, it's more about their focus. and Because they're a young team, but you see it. When they're focused and they're really zoned in on their defensive assignments. They can go and they can score in buckets, just buckets, buckets, buckets. You missed 2 3 shots there. They had they were shooting Michael Porter shooting 40%, 50% last month from the 3 point line. But we all know LeBron James, Anthony Davis watching the lakers how they played defense against brooklyn if i know it's just a regular season game when james harden wasn't playing but if you are the lakers that gives you confidence if you're lebron and anthony davis you're like you can't wait you know you're proud of your squad they might lose the rest of this uh rest of these games last night they might go on a three-game losing streak but that game mentally if they were to meet in the finals it gives it it gives the team an edge it lets the Lakers know that they can hang with them they can hang with them but without Anthony Davis being a hundred percent I still am going to go with Denver winner between Denver and the Clippers. Denver or the Clippers, winner between them, will be in the finals. Be in the finals. All right. That's all we have for sports. Alright, I want to talk about a recommendation. I've watched the first four episodes of uh, the HBO docu-series or documentary Q Into the Storm. Man, is it fascinating and do I highly recommend for you to watch it. What really, like, caught, like, what made me be like, oh, okay, no, I'm really going to watch all this. And each episode's an hour. And I watch them back to back to back. And that was because the Masters. To be honest, I was sort of glad that the Masters wasn't... No, yeah, because that, that's what got me to queue into the storm. And the guy was following them since like 2013. When they first started, and it shows you how they started off with an uh first with anonymous, and it shows you the progression of how it got to Q, and the biggest like to be honest with you, there's still two episodes, but from what I've gotten so far. is the Q controversy and who Q is is such a big deal but QAnon followers will tell you it's not but if you watch this documentary it will change it, like it'll give you a different perspective and it will show you that Q I believe from what I've seen so far... And again, I don't know anything. I can't even give you spoilers. Because what do I know? There's could be twists. And there is some twists in it. And not the twists that you think they are. You can sort of see which twists are what. But... The, like For QAnon followers to say it does not matter who Q is it does matter q there's a book about q written about q before this q and it's called john q and this john q thing was a like he was an evil villain a spy and he like and he would give out stuff in notes and breakpoints and all that like the same Like a copycat of a fictional character From the book Q And that Q guy is actually a villain character But Q looks at it in a different way Because of their interpretation Of what Q is saying And if Q changes And the reason why If Q changes how that's a big because if it's a different person the the person that you initially got hooked on their goal or their yeah their goal for the group had to have been completely different than the mindset of the person that took over or else why Was there a change in power? You know what I mean? So obviously. The original person. The person. That had the people. Following him. And that attracted the people. To Q. Because of his message. And his goal. Got silenced. Because They wanted to take it into a different agenda. That's... Like, you can just... Look that all up. And it sucks because... When you're watching it... You understand... Why these people... Like, believe... Q. And believe in Q and what he says. Because he's not saying, like, crazy things... And they do this little trick. They did some analyzing. And you can see that there's two different cues. They bring that up in the documentary. But the biggest. Like one of the biggest things about it. That sucks. Is how it always goes back. To corporations. And money. And greed. Everything. Like how Santa Claus is like... People say... The look... The Santa Claus that you see today... Is commercialized. Right? The look... The fat... Jolly... You know what I mean? That's a creation made of Coca-Cola. Like they... You understand... Like how these Q people get there. Because now you get to like... That and now... Q is... He's a version of that. You can pretty much look at him... As a mascot... For a website. You know how you have Aflac? The duck? Q Is like that. For a website. And it sucks because... Not a lot of people even know how or where q actually is posting because the website 8, 8chan it's like a message board of just pictures and memes and stuff you really have to watch so you they can explain it cuz i'm butchering it right now but at the like You can't take anything anymore. And I learned that very quickly. Recently, to be honest. You can watch something with somebody and they can hear something completely different. And now we can no longer assume that people just understand or know. Or they receive the message that you wanted. Because I've had that happen with me and friends. Like they show me a video and I hear it and I'm like, yeah, he meant this. And he's like, no, how'd you get he meant that? I'm like, no, listen to it again. We are all looking for something sometimes. But our hate and unfortunately. What's happened is. Our hate is always strong man. Hate is stronger. Anger is strong. And. People's hate. And people's anger. And people's disappointment. In their corporations. In the media. In the government. Is making them go. 180 against them The other way against them They hate them so much That they just want them to be wrong They want the media to be wrong And now Imagine all the time that you invested It's it's like a haze They get into this haze And you've Like it's so crazy to hear about it and to read about it uh, all across these different platforms and articles of all these different people that got interviewed. And it was like they were in this daze of a spell and then they woke up from it and they were just like, whoa, what was happening? It was as if they were in their own world, fueled by their own hate and ideas. They were literally living in their own movie. But their movie wasn't just their life because that wasn't exciting enough. No, it had to have connecting dots and mysteries. It became like a spy novel. Their life became a spy novel because that was more exciting. And that's one of the biggest reasons why people believe in simulation theories and the Matrix and that we might be living or sooner or later we're gonna have people that would just rather live in a virtual reality world 24-7 you see that now people are bored people don't find enough exhilaration or satisfaction from their daily life that they feel that there's more they have to have more if every, and that has a lot to do with society and success. Because imagine like you're looking at Instagram and YouTube and all these social platforms, and all you see is these rich 19, 20, 21 euro, 22 euro, 23, 24, and it just seems to you like. Everybody else is so rich and wealthy And they have money And they go on vacations Except for you and your friends But to be honest That's not the truth Those people How many of them get caught faking? And it's not like that But as long as we, As long as you live In comparison And you're always comparing What you have To other people. Not what you're doing. What you have. If that's all you compare. Is what you have. And what other people have. And that's how you measure your success. Man you're never going to be happy. And not only that. You're going to bring that kind of mentality. To your kids. Your kids are now. Even though. No parent. No parent will ever want their kids. To judge themselves based on money or material success, right? But if that's how you're judging yourself, what is this kid gonna learn? What is success? Is success the father that's able to come home or the mother that's able to come home at 5? And go to soccer practice And games and drive And spend the weekends Is that Or is success Having the boat in the big house But the kids The kids get raised by a nanny And they never see their parents Who are always on work trips Or you have to go to boarding schools You have to define What success really is to you And be honest with yourself Because you can't have it all. It does not work. Look at anything in the world, it does not work. You have to sacrifice something. So, if you want to be really, really rich, you're going to have to sacrifice family and vacations and fun. Right? Because you got to work so hard in the beginning. You got to, like, and you got to save. But if you don't want to do that, and you don't want to have the boats, and you don't want to do all that, make sure you know, hey, so if you see somebody with a yacht, it's not going to bother you. It's not going to hurt you. And it shouldn't. But some people do. And they ask me, so these are like training steps to stop yourself from being, from getting jealous, It's a horrible habit that certain people have. But I feel if you know yourself and what you want out of life, you stop caring about what other people get out of life and what they're doing with their lives. I know you hear it a lot, but it happens. It's so crazy You just put your head down And you really focus on yourself And your goals And what really makes you happy If you had a book And you just literally sat down And you're like When I was a kid What made me happy? Write it down Was it family vacations? Then guess what? Maybe you're gonna be a lot happier Being a family man That will make you happier than any money People think that's crazy No People's happiness is completely different Everything unfortunately in our life Because I feel the way human beings work, operate We're selfish people we are. With selfish people, we don't want other people to be happy when we are not happy. I never knew that that could possi- like that could be possible. I'm being dead serious. The first time I ever learned was f- my first girlfriend. Because she would get mad that I would have fun without her. And that would actually bother her. And I remember, I was like, does it actually? She's like, yeah. I'm like, how? Why? Like, I don't get mad when you're out with your friends and you have fun. I want you to have fun. Why would I not want the person I'm with to be having fun? I want you to have, but it's just different. I looked um i always looked at it different in life i never looked at it like what you have is being taken away from me i look i always looked at it like what you have is meant for you and you earned or you deserve it one way or another whether it was luck whatever way i don't know what you did or how you did it or what but there's a reason you have what you have And it belongs to you. What can I do? I can maybe, if I'm smart enough, and you're nice enough, I can ask you how you got it. And maybe you can teach me and I can learn how to get it. But if I don't even want what you have, why? a lot of people don't even want what the other people have, but they still get mad because the other people have. And they don't have. If you have that, you will not be happy. You know yourself at the end of the day if you have it or you don't. And everyone has it. Everyone. You just gotta work on it. You gotta work on that feeling and understand where that feeling is coming from. Is that feeling an insecurity of your self and your success and where you think you are in life? Or is that because you feel you're a failure? Or is that because you're just unhappy with what you're doing? Like, I've met guys worked in sales. So when you work in sales and commission, you control your paycheck. So you see all different type of guys. I've seen guys that were happy doing the minimum. Happy. Because they came in at 9, they were out by 3 or 4, and they did not care. No matter what happened, they were not going to come back to work or stay a minute later. Or stay a minute later. They were not. They did not care. If it was going to cost them promotions, whatever it was, extra. they did not care. A sale did not care. They were happy like that. That made them happy. And I would talk with some of them. And then I would talk to others that were like nine to nine every day, six days a week, years after years. And some, man, they needed work to be happy. I became one of those. And I would always be so jealous. Swear to God, so jealous. Of the ones that could just be happy leaving at 4. I was so jealous of them. Cause I couldn't do it. If I wanted to, I couldn't. I would go home, let's say at 5, and I would be back at work at 6.30. And they'd be like, what do you I'd be like, I don't know. I just like what am I gonna do? I can make money here. And what did I do? I worked myself to the ground. I got the promotions right away. Faster than people that have been working their lives there. But I probably put in, in those two years, more hours than people put in like seven years. (laughs) Six days a week Nine to nine And sometimes Nine to midnight At least once a month Nine to midnight Six days a week One day Nine to midnight A month But you know what happens When you're not happy You self-destruct And how do you self Like for me It's spending the money I literally Will work man, six days a week All that And somehow I will find a way To spend That crazy money To go back And work And work And work And work 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 Find out Write, use your phone, put in notes. Everybody forgets something. You have something, you think of something, you remember something, write it down. Later at night, before you go to sleep, take a look at it. Read it. And then lay down with those thoughts that you had. And see where it takes you. Because that's when a lot of times you'll do the most honest self-reflection. Because your day is done. There's only between you and the bed just going to sleep. You're not looking at anybody in the eye. Nobody's watching how you're acting or reacting. Or what you're thinking about. And you're not missing out on anything. You don't have to keep staring at your phone every two seconds. So it gives you time to really self-reflect. And you have to. If you don't know who you are, how are you going to make yourself happy? If you don't even know what makes you happy or what makes you angry. How can you avoid what makes you angry? If you don't even know what it does, what triggers you. And to some people, they know. And congrats, man. But to others, like myself, I did not know. What really triggered me. What was the things that that would really get under my skin. And why. Really learning why. Not also... Why is more important without why you can't fix it? You need why, and that's why I'm saying. Write it down, and then before you go to sleep, take a look at it, take a look at it and go go with your mind to try to figure out why. It will give you the right answers if you're ready and you're really looking for it. It'll give you the answers. You might not like what you see, but it'll give you the answers. And then it's up to you to decide if you want to just stick like that or how you're going to change. And the simple things can change your mood. Eating, what you eat, having breakfast. Can change your mood. You can be happy. Exercise. I don't mean run a marathon. Just walking. To lunch. Walking back. Taking like a 15-20 minute workout. Whatever. Working out. Sleep. That's when you're unconscious. That's when you can start grinding your teeth. Doing all that. Your stress. Stress. That doesn't go away when you go to sleep. It stays with you. If you don't deal with it. Your shoulders will start to get stiff while you're sleeping. You'll be sleeping stiff. Your neck. You won't be able to move it properly. Your body and your brain are super powerful. You hear it all the time and I'm telling you, you have a lot more control than you think you do. So, let me know what you guys do. What do you guys do to stay in a great mindset? Give me some examples. I'm looking for new ways always to learn, so share some. Let me know how you guys stay calm or ha- or if not or if you do have a problem and want to, you know a way to address it send it my way let me know see if I can what kind of advice test me out <laughs> tomorrow if you like a uh, conspiracy theory or just theory tomorrow is Tuesday I have some really good ones Really good theories. I think uh, so. Please subscribe, like, and tune in tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow, same time. Look for the episode. I have a bunch of other segments. One segment, I want to run it by. I'll run it by tomorrow during Conspiracy Theory or Just Theory. Let me know if you guys like the segment. Ali Ali 11-1-1, Kameha KMAIHA at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, and thank you.